Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to another edition of the Reader Lee Report. Today, Gail and I are going to take a look at September 2020 releases and do a bit of a deep dive. Uh, there are a few books that I promised that I was going to talk about last week. One of them is Notes on the Scandal by L- Lacey Crawford. So I'm going to talk about that and a little bit of news to go over with Gail, some movie release news and And then I guess we'll each try to pick three or four September new releases that we are excited about. So we get a second crack at it. All of those things that we wanted to mention in the fall preview show that we couldn't sneak in, we have the opportunity to talk about them now. So, Gail. I think it's notes on a um, sentencing, isn't it? Notes on a silencing. Or silencing, right. Okay. Because three different titles (laughs) we've now given it. Okay. Right. Notes on a silencing by yeah. Lacey Notes Crawford. Notes on a scandal is, I actually have I read that, that book. by Zoe Heller. That's a great book. I like that book. Okay. Yes. You were starting to say. Did you see the movie? I think the movie was really different. Um, Kate Blanchett and Judy Dench. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I liked it. No? No, I, I think it was good. I, I just remember, I think I remember it being a little bit different from the book, but then of course it's been so long since I've both read the book or seen the movie, but it was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I like that book and movie. Um, okay. Yes. All right. So why don't you tell us what you're currently reading? (laughs) Well, my reading took a major nosedive when I got back from vacation, sadly. So, um, it'll take much less time. Um, I have completed one book since we last talked. It was, I'm fine and neither are you by Camille Pagan. And it's, sort of hard to describe the the genre it, it the book goes a little bit between being really sad and being serious and then also having this kind of sort of wry humor to it as well so it it there was one issue i had with it that i felt like the tone was a little inconsistent but it's about a woman living in the midwest with her husband and um something happens to her best friend and she sort of realizes that her best friend has been living a life that's not very honest and not what she expected of her friend. And when she learns about these secrets, it kind of forces her to re-examine her own life. And she looks at her marriage and she's trying to figure out, you know, how can they make their marriage better and how can she be happier in her life? And it's really just about like, there's not a whole lot that happens in it. It's just about her kind of re-examining and trying to be more honest about who she is. So I did that one on audio. I do not recommend doing that on audio. I did not like the narrator. And I felt like the narrator was way too perky for the topic and for the tone of the book. So that um, I finished. And I am in the middle of the new book by Caroline Levitt, which is With or Without You. So I'll withhold conversation about that till I finish it. And that is where I am. How about you? So I'm still reading... And I've been reading, I feel like for the past three weeks, Lakewood by Megan Giddings. And it's not that it's not good. It's just that I have, I have, um, I don't have my, my cues for reading to cue my reading. And I've got to get better at coming up with something that says sit down and read. That's not travel based or, or 
taking a walk because because mm. I just forget about it. And today I put it on my desk. So, you know, since I'm not in the office, I can, if I have five minutes, you know, I can flip through a book the way I would not be able to do if I am in the office. But so far that hasn't worked either. So I do that all the time. It never works. <laughs> <I just sit laughs> They're all day taunting me. It does. I know. I know. It's just like, okay, this is really great because any other time, you know, in the office, you get up, you may take a lap or whatever. I'm just like, okay, I can sit and I can just, when I get a break, I can read my book for five minutes, but it seems like that break never comes and I'm constantly on to the next thing. So that is not working. So I think, I don't know, I'm going to have to link it to bedtime somehow, but I'm going to get Back to it is a story of a young woman whose grandmother has just died. Her mom is really sick and she decides to participate in a government study so that she can pay their expenses and bills. And it touches on a lot of things. It's kind of really sad because, you know, she's taking part of these experiments. She's not quite sure what the experiments are for. Some of them are really painful, but because she doesn't have adequate health insurance, she, you know, they're in debt, they don't have a lot of money, and her mom has very expensive health care. She is just forced to keep subject keep subjecting herself to these treatments. So I think it it speaks a lot to a situation that lots of Americans find themselves in, you know, expen- especially now with health insurance being expensive and it being linked to employment. And th- of course, this is the best money that she can get. She's paid very well, but that's the setup. So hmm, okay. it's not even like a, this is something that I'm not looking forward to getting back to. So I'm going to buckle down this weekend and hopefully finish. Yeah. I'm wondering if like my major reading slowdown is due entirely to the fact that I'm back at work and kids are back in school and life is really busy or if it's the choice of book. So I want to finish with or without you so that I I feel like I've got this influx of so many books in the house I want to read and I'm going to give that a try. So maybe once I finish, I'll be able to kind of speed back up again and I'll put it on my desk during work and see what happens. (laughs) Right. Nothing will happen. Trust me. Right. (laughs) What's the movie news? Okay. So last week we talked about Leave the World Behind by Ruman Alam. And you heard, you were saying how you felt like there was such intense buzz around this book. And Netflix has won the rights to make the book. It's going to be the first movie that Julia Roberts and Denzel Washington are going to be in since they were in the Pelican Brief in 1993. They are both signed on as producers through their respective companies. I think maybe a release or, you know, release date might be 2021. So I, you know, you were right. Not only, I mean, everyone, the buzzed about books are quickly snapped up. So this is kind of exciting. It's a thriller. And I guess it's about uh, a family who you say they return to their home and the guests there aren't sure whether they should be there and their racial tensions. Because I think the family that is trying to come and stay in this home is black and it's a white family who is visiting or renting. Yeah renting the house. Yeah. So they're really not sure who these, who the people are who show up. And, uh, you know, I was reading something like this. It was really strange in the New York times. There was this article about this apartment house in Brooklyn where 
the rent, the landlords had rented out the apartment, but I guess they lost their housing during the whole COVID situation. And they just showed up and moved into their house because it's their house. And the police showed up, you know, because the tenants called the police because their landlords are now living with them and, you know, have their kids stuff was occupying spaces in their rooms. And it was, but the police get there and they're just like, well, we can't do anything about this because this is their house. Wow. So strange. Yeah. Well, I'm, that sounds like a good um, casting choice. I mean, you can't really go wrong with either of those two people. Right. Um, a Dope Sick by Beth Macy. I don't know if you read that. This is the book about, um, it's like a mining town that is just rocked by the opioid crisis and it's nonfiction Beth Macy wrote it, but Hulu is going to do an eight-part limited series on it. Michael Keaton's going to be in it, and I think Peter Sarsgaard just um, joined the cast as well. So, And my last bit of movie news is Emma Roberts and Beltrice just signed a first-look book deal, a first-look deal with Hulu where they're going to pro- produce book adaptations. Oh, nice. And their first one is going to be Tell Me Lies by Carola Lovering, which was, I think it was about an obsessive relationship. They say it's like high stakes. It starts out in college. It bleeds over to the first years after college. And and I'm not sure if she's going to play one of the roles or if she's just producing it with her partner in the book club, because Beltree started as a book club, but now it has a production company. But they're going to be producing it. And Carola Lovering actually has a new book coming out in 2021 called Too Good to Be True, which is also sort of an obsessive love story. They say that it is the perfect book for fans of Lisa Jewell and The The Wife Between Us. So, Hmm, Okay. I checked that book out of the library once, Tell Me Lies, and then I never read it. It sounds good. It sounds good. So of course now I'm, I'm curious to read it. And I looked it up in the library and they have a copy of the audio, but they don't have anything in print. So I don't know. I will take a listen to a chapter. I don't know if I would maybe prefer to just get it, you know, buy it and read it as opposed to listening to it, but we'll see. All right. Well, that gets us up to speed, I guess, on what we've been up to. Um, there are so many books coming oh, yeah, out. I didn't tell you about, oh, no, notes on a silencing after we talked about the cover okay. and, or the title. And so I really like that book. It is nonfiction. Lacey Crawford went to Yale and she, her first book that she wrote was a novel called Early Decision, which basically I think she, it's told from one of the points of view that it's told from is someone who helps wealthy students write their admissions essays, like their personal statements for their college applications. So it's all about that high stakes world where people want to get their children into college and the fraught process of applying to college and what she does, I guess, her relationships with the students that she is helping, quote unquote, helping to write uh, their personal statements. So that was a world that she was familiar with. And she wrote a nonfiction book about, and it came out over the summer in July, and it was about going to boarding school in New Hampshire 
I think, uh, St. Paul's boarding school and how she was sexually assaulted there and the aftermath of that. So I thought the book was really interesting just because it shows how much the staff of the school, how much they're willing to protect the institution and how unprotected these young women were there, these girls, I'll say, because, you know, if you're not 18, you're, you're not a consenting adult. So, and it just talks about how her life was different, just how it changed her behavior. She does some things that you really, that don't seem to be ideal, but she's reacting to such trauma. So she tells a lot of truth around how it affected her behavior, how it ultimately affected her friendships there. And just how this one, one, I guess, this time that she's assaulted leads to other places where she's victimized in her life. Now, there is a bit of a mystery element that I won't spoil because it's ongoing in terms of how insidious and how, I don't know, I guess I just want to say evil the school is and how far they are willing to go to cover up the fact that this happened on their school in on their school grounds and kind of what they knew about the situation right from the beginning that even she didn't know and how they manipulated her and the circumstances just to continue to cover up these crimes. And I think this came to mind because I was on a break when this book came out, so I didn't get a chance to talk about it then. And I was talking last week about that book about the first murder at Harvard. That's a true crime book that's going to be coming out this fall. And it just reminded me of just how far people will go to protect institutions, you know, as opposed to other people. Mm -hmm. So if anyone read Kate Elizabeth Russell's My Dark Vanessa, I feel like like this is a good companion piece to that, like in that realm, Uh, My Dark Vanessa is fiction, but I think it's based, loosely based on the true experiences of that author. And even though it's not so much about the institution and what they do to kind of suppress what goes on to their school, it's more about the betrayal of this young woman by her by her professor and how she views that, like how she has to view that in order to believe that she's led a worthwhile life. Yeah, it definitely seems like those are of, you know, they have, they share some similarities. And same with Know My Name. Right. Did you read that? That was excellent also. No, not yet. I have it in the house, but I haven't read it yet. Did your daughter read it? Did you get her? You got it for her. I right? did. Yeah, she loved it. Yeah. Yeah. She's it, trying to get was... my husband to read it. So it's sitting here <laughs> along with the stacks. So one book I did finish was Catherine House by Elizabeth Thomas. I think I wanted to like this one a lot more than I did. It's very, has very spare characterizations, but the descriptions of the school and I guess the curriculum are are very lush and hold your attention. And it is about these, this school that basically, if you go to it, it has such prestige and such reputation. It's only three years, but if you go there, basically you are set for life in terms of your career and in terms of the connections that you have. So it's kind of about the wayward students who who go there and 
what they do there from freshman year to, I guess, was the, their third year or their senior year um, about some of the experiments and the the very intense studies that some of the students over undertake. So while they are pampered and they have these lavish lunches and just the, ex- the experience of being at the school is nothing that these children expected in certain sense. They, they're there for a reason. And so that's getting to that, you know, what's going on at the school is kind of the mystery, but it's very, very slow. Mm. That's too bad. I knew you were excited about this book. I was. All right. So September. September. Now, just as to, as a recap of sorts, there's only two books I think that we mentioned last week that are actually coming out in September. And those were Transcendent Kingdom by Yah Jesse and 50 Words for Rain by Asha Lemming. And Gail, what oh. was the Yah Jesse one about? Yeah, I Can forgot you... to tell you that I'm halfway through Transcendent Kingdom. Um, oh. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. So, yeah. Are you listening to it on audio or are you am. reading it? Yeah, I'm doing it on audio. So I started that when I finished the Camille Pagan and it's not terribly long. So I'm almost halfway done. Um, it is about a young woman named Gifty who lives in California. She's a, a graduate student in neuroscience at Stanford. She grew up in Alabama with her mother, her brother and father. And her f- brother is dead of a drug overdose. And her father is not in the picture and I'm not, we don't know yet why. And it's, it's hard to say. It's not a linear book. It's not like super plot driven. It's about her childhood growing up with her mother, this immigrant mother, you know, first generation American and about growing up with a brother who becomes an addict. And it kind of toggles back and forth between her early days and then her current life where she's living in California and she's a grad student and she's clearly been driven into this neuroscience field because she's studying addiction. She's studying how do you cure a brain from addiction? How do you stop the cycle? And I know that there's going to be more in the book about growing up as in a relatively religious home and then how does she kind of like reconcile the her scientific side with her spiritual side or faith and how that all works. And then about her relationship with her depressed mother. So it's a lot of heavy stuff. Um, it's beautifully written. I really like Yah Jesse's writing. It's very different from Homegoing, which had a very complicated structure that was quite plot driven and went over time and, and threaded two different sides of one family through uh, one side on, that developed in Ghana and one plot side that develops in the United States and address slavery in the U.S. So this is a difference, kind of a smaller story, but it's it's very personal. Um, I have no idea how much of this, if any, is autobiographical for her, but it's it's really good. I like it. So that one, I believe, just came out and uh, on on September one, and. Um, I will report back once I finish it. So I, my guess is by the next time we talk, I should probably have, have finished it. And the other book was 50 Words for Rain by Asha Lemmy. And that's the one about the half black, half Japanese child who's growing up in 
1950s Imperial Japan. I think she might be, I think the family is nobility if they're not the royals. And basically she's hidden away because the Japanese do not approve of, of, um, mixed race children or, so anyway, they don't really acknowledge her. She's being raised basically in the attic of their property when her half brother comes home. And I think she's able to start getting some freedom that way. And she decides that she wants to step out more and become a part of, you know, the greater world around her and the challenges she faces in doing that. So those were our two September books, just as a recap. And Gail, why don't you, what was your first book that you wanted to talk about that's out this month? Okay. So my first book is by an author that's very, very popular who I've never read any of before. And the book is Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. Hmm. He wrote A Man Called Uwe, Beartown, a whole bunch of other books that people love and are very popular. And I've never read any of them. Me either. Okay. So I didn't think you had. Um, that was I was thinking about when we ask guests about books that everyone else has read that we haven't. <laughs> this should be at the top of my list. This one and The Goldfinch and A Little Life. So And Harry Potter. And which Harry Potter. actually... Did you read over vacation or no? No, I started it though. I'm like, I, okay. I'm sort of reading it out loud with me, but um, it's, it's not bad, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very, I'm very, it's very early. So um, this is a book, this, I think the premise is really funny and it's about this bank robber who I guess robs a bank and then he rushes into this, I don't know how he ends up in this open house. It's an apartment that an agent is holding an open house, a realtor. And he ends up taking everyone hostage because he's like on the lam. And it turns out all the people who are there for this open house are extremely irritating. There's like a married couple and I, you know, I don't even remember the fact patterns of all the people who are there, but there's. So he's just kid. He's kidnapped or, or has taken hostage to the wrong people, the wrong people. And then the question is like, is it better to just surrender to the police at this point and to get away from these people <laughs> or not? Oh my so, gosh. So, I mean, it could, it could just be really annoying because sometimes when you read about really annoying people on end, it, it just becomes annoying. Um, I've seen this on a lot of lists. I've heard people talking about it. Um, I heard it on, on Sarah's bookshelves, fall preview. This, you know, he's, he's a juggernaut author. So this is getting a lot of attention. Um, and maybe I'll give it a try. I don't know. I, of all of his books so far, this, the, this one sort of appeals to me the most but I don't know if this is his best or not. But this is Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. We are recording today on September 10th. And this book came out two days ago on September 8th. Hmm. All right. Well, you'll have to report back. So I will need to know if I need to read any of his other books. That, right. Yeah. I think I was tempted by Bear Town, possibly. Yeah. I don't know why Ove just did not sound very appealing. What was that one about? Like a the cranky old man. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm surprised. You were going through a moment with cranky old people books. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I got my fill. <laughs> uh, okay. What do you have? Okay. So I have a book that I really thought you, Gail, might be interested in because it is about twins. Uh, so it's about these twin sisters, Eve and Tam, and they get into a big fight 
two weeks before Tam dies. So Eve goes back, you know, for the funeral. And at the funeral, I guess a secret comes out about Tam. And Eve has always been a little bit jealous of her sister because she, you know, she's had this successful career as a journalist. She has a happy marriage. You know, she's devoted to her marriage and she seems to have this perfect life. But I guess this secret just turns everything around. And the book takes place over the days that the family is sitting Shiva. So I guess a lot of the secrets, like she has lots of time to think about what their relationship was like in their childhood and to, you know, piece together the secret that is spilled about her sister at her funeral. What's the book called? It's called Evening by Nessa Rappaport. I think I came across that one. Have you heard of that? No. Yeah, I had heard of it in just when I was kind of doing research for this show. But other than that, the author is new to me. Right. Yeah. Twins, mystery. Yep. Estrangement, scandal. Yeah, those are good buzzwords. Good, or not buzzwords, but good um, signifiers for so a book you that have? you would like. Um, okay. So my next book is by an author that I really like. It's called Monogamy by Sue Miller. I've read a bunch of other books by Sue Miller. She writes kind of domestic fiction about relationships, families, marriage, things like that. And in this book, her new one um, also comes out on Tuesday or came out two days ago. Uh, it's about a woman and a man who were married for a long time and then he dies. And then it turns out there are secrets that he had an affair that there's, you know, her marriage may not have been what she thought it was. Not a particularly new theme. I feel like there's lots of books that have similar themes to this one. It's about love, marriage, fidelity, betrayal, and loss. But what attracts me to this is the author. I really, really like Sue Miller. I'm very readable, very satisfying, good, like delving into the complications of relationships realistic dialogue, etc. So um, I think she took a while to write this one. I haven't seen a new Sue Miller book out in a long time. And I'm really excited about this one. I feel like I've read Sue Miller books and I like her books too. Uh, I think too that I'm getting her confused with another novelist who writes similar books and I can't think of her name right now. I met her at one point. Mm, I wonder who that um, is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll come to me. Do you remember what you've read by Sue Miller? Mm, I want to say I read The Senator's Wife. Mm -hmm. There was a secret yeah. in that one too. I'm trying to remember. I'm looking at my shelf now. Sorry, I'm, I know I've pulled myself away from the mic for a second. I see family pictures. Uh, God, there's like there's like four or five books on the shelf by Sue Miller that I have read. The Senator's Wife's not even there. Um, didn't she write The Good Mother? That was a long time ago. Yes, she did. Yep. I've read a bunch of her stuff and I've never been disappointed. So The Good Mother was her first novel. It came out in 1986. Mm. It says it was an immediate bestseller yep. and was more than six months at the top of the New York Times chart. Yep. That was good. I wonder what that one was about. That was about a woman who had a little kid and if I'm, I mean, I may be, I may be remembering this wrong, but I think she's divorced. And she has a boyfriend who lives with her. And some incident happens. It's a big, I think it's a misunderstanding, but somehow her boyfriend gets accused of inappropriate behavior towards her child. And it was unintentional, but it happened. And it sets a whole bunch of 
things into motion where she basically has to choose, like, can I continue to be with this man, even though she believed he didn't do anything, given these allegations? I think that's what that's, that book is about. I'm just taking a look at all the books that she's written, all of her novels, mm-hmm. Inventing the Abbots. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they made, they they made, made a movie out of that. The same, right, yep. right. She reminds me, her pre- the premises, I guess, or what she chooses to write about reminds me a lot of Anita Shreve. I was going to ask you if that was who you were thinking of. No, it's not Anita Shreve. And I can think of this book so well because it was so good. And then it had like this crazy ending. But it was about this woman who was living with her husband in Vermont. And he might be a teacher. I think she stays at home. But anyway, she ends up, she is, she's murdered and there's an investigation into who did it. And I just, I, you know, I know her because she, I think she's kind of like Sue Miller in terms of just writing these domestic family dramas Mm. and I tend to read them and I just can't think of her name. So maybe I'll come up with it, but she reminds me a bit of Anita Shreve as well. Right. Just those the sometimes ripped from the pages, yeah, ripped from the headline storylines. Yep. Okay. A thoughtful point of view. Yep. Okay. So my next book is actually a little bit lighter for me. Uh, I don't know. I think it, it dances around being a romance. It's called Ties That Tether by Jane Agaro. And it is about a Nigerian woman, Azir, who she promises her father when he's dying that she will marry a Nigerian man. And her mother is only too happy to hold her to that. So uh, I think they are living in Canada or, but her mom has been matchmaking and trying to find her the perfect Nigerian husband. But through some comedy of errors, she ends up on a date with a man who she sleeps with and I think ends up dating. And he's like this tall white Canadian man, not Nigerian. And she has to come to terms with what she's going to do about this, whether she's going to follow her heart and tell her family that she wants to be with this man who is not Nigerian and who is white, or if she is going to go with tradition and being the dutiful daughter and do with her what her family says. So she's kind of caught between love and family. And, you know, she starts thinking of these questions about whether, you know, does loving this this man make her less Nigerian as she figures out what she's going to do. Hmm, okay. So a little bit lighter, but still with some some heft. Okay. Uh, okay. So my next one is by an author I have read before. This one is a bit of a wild card. Not sure I'm going to like this one if I pick it up. It's called The Big Door Prize by M.O. Walsh, who also read a book called My Sunshine Away, which I read a couple years ago. And so this has a premise that it takes place in a town in Louisiana and there's a machine, some sort of a, like a vending type machine where you can go up to it and it, it spits out what your potential is. I keep thinking of that vending machine, that the game from the movie Big, the Zoltan, whatever, the guy who like grants wishes or something. But this is different. This is, it tells you what your potential is. And then it's all about how the people in this town react to it when they find out what they could be doing with their lives differently than what they are and how they can be This better. reminds me of the immortalists. 
Yeah, I think not as dark as The Immortalists, which was horribly dark. But this one, I don't know. I, I've got the sense that this one wasn't, I'm not saying it's light, but I think it's not quite as bad as as, uh, as dark as The Immortalist was. So this, I've seen some mixed reviews on this one. Um, I think, I'm trying to remember who, maybe it was um, Susie at Novel Visits. I think she did not like it or didn't didn't love it. Um, I've definitely seen it on a bunch of lists and I, I don't know, the premise was interesting to me and I thought maybe it'd be worth giving a try, especially because I've read other stuff by him that I liked. So that is the Big Door Prize that came out Tuesday, September 8th. So the next book on my list is The Lying Life of Adults by Elena Ferrante. So I did not read her trilogy, the much talked about trilogy. I read an earlier your book of hers that I really liked and I thought she was I thought she was great back then, her characterizations and her books, but I've never really gotten back to any of her novels. So The Lying Life of Adults is not a trilogy, it's a standalone. And it is about this woman, Giovanna, and it says that her face is changing, like her father is telling her that he looks, she looks more and more like her aunt Victoria every day. And I guess her parents just really do not like um, this aunt. And she goes on a journey, I guess, to discover if, if her face is changing, who she is. And it talks about I guess in her exploration, she's also exploring the differences between cities that are twins of each other, Naples and what's the other city? But anyway, so that's what that's about. And it's going to be a Netflix series. That's another book that I have not read that everyone else has read. My Brilliant Friend. What, the the trilogy? Yeah. My Brilliant any, Friend? Any of them, yeah. Yeah. I have that one. I I feel like I have that on audio and that I have the book and I have read neither. I, I mean, people, sometimes people say it's great and some people are like, oh, don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess it's a little bit hard when there are three of them that you think yeah. you have to, to get through. It's harder to make that start on it, especially I think we tend to be commitment phobes because there's so much stuff that we want to get to. Right, right. Okay, so my next one is an author I also have not read any of, but you have urged me to read. And this mm. new one I thought looked pretty good. It's Jody Pico. I still haven't read any of her books. And this one's called The Book of Two Ways. It comes out on September 22nd. And it is about a woman who's in a plane crash and says that her last thoughts before the plane crashes are not of her husband, but of another man who she hasn't seen in 15 years. When she miraculously survives the plane crash, she starts to wonder about her life choices. And, you know, what was this moment of truth that made her think of this other man? And then what does she do with it? That sounds kind of interesting to me. So maybe this will be the first one that I pick up by Jody Pico. Hmm. Okay. You'll have to let me know what you think about that one. Okay. If you like it. Okay. Jody Pico is another one who kind of reminds me of Anita Shreve too. That's that rip from the headline thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who's always kind of trying to take a look at contemporary issues that have popped up. Yeah. In the news or, and usually they have some kind of horrific element to them. Right. 
So Ruth Ware has a new book coming out. Now, I am not a completist for Ruth Ware, but if my bookshelf could be a completist, then my bookshelf will be because I think I have all of her books and I've read two of them. And so this one is called One by One and it is about a company that goes on retreat in, I don't know, some luxurious swank hotel somewhere and they are caught in an avalanche, I believe. And things start happening and people start disappearing and there is a mystery around that. So I read a similar book to that last year. Mm. And I want to say that it was at the beginning of last year. And the author who wrote that book, she has a new book out and I can't think of the new book. I can't think of the author, but I really didn't like her take on that book, like it fell flat for me. She had people, it was a locked room mystery. You know, the people, it was a group of friends in that point who go to a hotel and one by one, they start to disappear and you have to kind of get to the bottom of it. So in that one, I thought that the characters were kind of flat and, you know, I was a little bit bored because I feel like she had certain types that were in the book and I just didn't really feel like it she really added anything with that. So I'm curious to see what Ruth Ware is going to do with One by One on that same sort of locked room mystery, you know, coworkers, friends, you know, people who know each other well, who are, who are stuck in, in the snow, can't get anywhere and, and things start to happen. Right. Actually, I've seen that book around a lot and I keep thinking that sounds appealing. Like it's like the startup on the retreat and then, you know, (laughs) the people start to turn on each other. Oh, that sounded interesting. Right. Like every girl's trip you've ever gone on. (laughs) Right. Um, How many more do you have, by the way? Mm, A couple more or one more. It's up to you. I think I have two. Okay. So then. So, okay. I'll match your two if, if they're not the same. Okay. So my next one is very, uh, difficult to describe. And I feel like I've read a bunch of reviews of this and I still don't really have any sense of what it's actually about. It's called, what are you going through by Sigrid Nunez? She wrote the friend, which I never read. And in this one, it's about, I guess, a woman who encounters a lot of different people and something about how those different encounters impact her life. I'm going to read you the description because I'm never going to do it justice. It says, in what are you going through? Nunez brings wisdom, humor, and insight to a novel about human connection and the changing nature of relationships in our times. A surprising story about empathy and the unusual ways one person can help another through hardship. Her book offers a moving and provocative portrait of the way we live now. I still don't think I really have any sense for what that's about, but I keep yeah, seeing that one this kind of caught my attention too. Yeah, and her her last book, The Friend, I didn't want to read because it was about her grieving and talking to her to the dog or something like mm-hmm. that. Even though I heard that it's really good, and of course, it ended up winning a bunch of prizes. I think, but I just couldn't get past that that kind of weird quirkiness, but it seems like it may have been worthwhile. But this one definitely sounded interesting. And I agree. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it's about. But <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me, but it's everywhere. You just have to read it and see. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Yeah. So that made my list. That book um, came out also on Tuesday, huge day in publishing. Most of the books I've picked here came out on Tuesday, September 8th. So it's available now. So if that very detailed description grabs you and you want to check it out, it's available <laughs> now. I am. Tr- I was trying to scroll through my Goodreads to find that book because it's just, it's going to bother me that, that, you know, the lookalike to the, oh. to the Ruth Ware book. Oh, I know but, what you call you, you told me about that book before. Is that the one where they get snowed in somewhere? Yeah, they're snowed in. They, every year they go on a trip for New Year's and they go to this hunting lodge um, that gets snowed in and like people start getting murdered. It's going to bother me. But anyway, so my next book is called That Time of Year by Marie and Daye. And she wrote this really weird book that I read or half read, because I don't think I finished it, called La Divine, which was about this woman who has these very strange issues with her mother. Like she decides she's a different person. She calls herself by a different name, but yet she still visits her mother. It's very strange. So she is a French novelist, which might account for some of that because sometimes I read French books and I don't know, I'm just, (laughs) just don't know. And this one seems like it could be more like that, but it's still intriguing. It's, It's about this family who goes on vacation in the countryside and this man Herman, his wife and his child go missing while he's there. So it says that this town, like these countryside towns, you know, there comes a point in the summer or the end of the season is over and they expect all of the people from the city to go back. And so it's like this very different place than what it was like when they, when it's a vacation town. And he's trying to find his wife and child. And initially I think the townspeople say that they're going to be very helpful. But as he goes along, it seems like this town, like there's not some, there's something not right about it. It's kind of sinister. And at first they're they're trying to help him, but then it becomes apparently that they just want him to forget about his family. So uh, yeah, it sounds kind of intriguing. Okay. All right. My last book is another repeat author for me and another book that I don't think I really have any sense for what it's actually about. It is called The End of the Day by Bill Clegg. And Bill Clegg wrote, Did You Ever Have a Family? Which came out a couple years ago. He's like an industry insider guy. He used to work in publishing. And then he just started writing his own books. And I enjoyed Did You Ever Have a Family? Which was about, I think it was about fire. Some about a woman whose child dies in a fire, son dies in fire. There's some fire that kills a member of a family. And it's kind of all about the repercussions that happen after this fire. So this one, again, I'm going to read the description because I can't do this justice. It says a retired widow visited by a childhood friend, a man introducing his daughter to his estranged father, a taxi driver in Hawaii receiving an alarming phone call, three unrelated story storylines tie together in unexpected ways in this novel of family and friendship. A combination of repeat author with family and friendship added got this one added to my list comes out at the end of the month september the 29th hmm. so that book that i was thinking about is the guest list by lucy mm. uh, not the guest list the hunting party by lucy foley right and she has a new book coming out that's called the guest list yeah that's set 
off the coast of Ireland, like guests gathered to celebrate a marriage. And, you know, of course something goes wrong. And don't they all start <laughs> being murdered or something? Then someone turns up dead. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Who didn't wish the happy couple well. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's got her thing. It's an isolated place. It'll probably be something will happen and they won't be able to leave this coast of Ireland. Yes, and, and they and, won't have any internet. Right. Yeah. So that was that. Okay. And. All right. So my last book, which I have completely forgotten what it was. I was so caught up in finding, <laughs> getting to the bottom of one mystery that now I've set myself up for another mystery. But why don't we just leave it there? Okay. I mean, that's a lot of books. Yeah, it is. Well, I know what I was going to tell you. Yeah. So S.J. Watson had that book that came out called Before I Go to Sleep. And if you remember, it had that movie with Nicole Kidman and Colin Firth. And Before Before I Go to Sleep was about the woman who had amnesia. Wait, 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 back up. Or she lost her memory every every night that she went to sleep. She lost her memory. She woke up and she's trying to figure out who is responsible for the condition she's in. So she like tries to write herself these little notes. And uh, so that was, that was a big thriller. And I guess she has her follow-up book that came out on August 25th called The Final Cut. Wait, before you get into The Final Cut, I did not know they made a movie of that book. I read that book. You didn't? No. What? I think it's on, I just watched it the other day because I was visiting my family and we wanted to watch something and I hadn't seen it in a while and I saw it. So it's either on Amazon Prime or Hulu or Is it good? One of those. Yeah. It's 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 an entertaining thriller. That was a scary book. She's like her husband is like trying to her, help her. Her husband but then she comes to pick her up and she's in she's seeing a therapist yeah. who is trying to help her with her memory and she so she writes these notes to herself that she gets up and she reads the next morning. Like, I think her husband leaves her this huge list of, you know, what you should remember to do and where things are. And, you know, hey, I'm your husband. This is what I look like. Da, 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 da. But she's also going to therapy. And so she's leaving herself clues that are just making her suspicious of everyone. Yes, including the her twist, husband. It was pretty, yeah, including her husband and her therapist. Yeah. It was, the twist was pretty. It's like, wow. That was pretty... an intense book. I, I like that. I mean, you know me, I have like a really low threshold for getting scared in thrillers, but I never thought that right. was really scary. I had no idea they made it into a movie. Okay. So what is the final cut about? So the final cut, of course, is about, it explores themes of memory and identity because the first one explored those same themes. It's about a documentary filmmaker who goes to a quiet fishing village in Northern <laughs> England to like make a film. And I guess there's like this, legend of two girls that go who have disappeared and so she starts to record her film and I think she gets drawn into this mystery of these girls who have disappeared and the secrets that are in this quaint little village in northern England so don't go to northern England don't go to Ireland and don't go to any like remote (laughs) remote uh, mountains in the Alps anywhere that you can it'll snow or I don't know an avalanche will slow snow you in. Right. All right. Well, that's a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a lot of books. Yeah. Um, okay. We've overwhelmed even Gail. Yes. I really need to just finish the book I'm reading because I'm, I'm just stalled. I mean, other than audio. I'm also reading, I forgot to tell you, um, my hair dry book because, you know, I always have a book 
going while I hair dry. <laughs> right. And it's one we talked about a while ago because it was on my vacation list. It's, um, why am I, bl- I what it swapped? What is the book? Is it the Miriam too? No, 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 no. It's the book about, um, it's called Travels Through the Global Garage Sale. It's um, the book That's about- That's what the book is called? Yeah, yeah, it's about it's about like the secondhand market. Secondhand. Oh, oh right, right, yeah. right. Yes. Secondhand, nonfiction. Sorry, I should have specified that it's nonfiction. It's called Secondhand. And Travels in the Global Garage Sale by Adam Minter. And it's all about how, how and where American cast off goods. It's actually not just American. The world's cast off goods where they end up. And how there's all these markets like Japanese- um, so Japanese, uh, have a very cast off culture. They like to have new stuff. They're constantly upgrading, getting rid of. So they produce a tremendous amount of secondhand appliances, technology, clothes, toys, all that stuff. And each of those things goes to a different country because Malaysia wants the washing machines and certain countries want the clothes and certain countries want the cell phones. And all about, they talked about Phoenix and how when there's, uh, or I guess it's Tucson, when there's these um, Goodwill gets a tremendous amount of donations and the stuff they can't sell in the Goodwill stores go to these outlets. And then the people come from Mexico and then they bring it back across the border. And then there's this huge secondhand economy in Mexico. It's really interesting. Um, I, I don't know. I love the kind of reuse recycle element of it. I love these kind of niche markets that grow up. I, I love sort of understanding how people come across these goods that they then resell and how they make money off of it. So that's my blow dry book, which I get through like, you know, <laughs> six or seven pages a day. But at some point I'll finish it. Do you that. read a book in like a month? Yeah. It takes me like a month or two to read it. But that's good because you have all you have all these ways that, well, you used to have all these ways that you were adding in additional books, you know, your blow dry book, and then there would be your commute, your audio book for commute. How right. did you ever, well, of course you have no commute now. Right. I was just about to ask, how did that ever work out? But yeah, well, I just find I would do it when I walk the dog or when I'm making dinner, you know, I try to find other times to just put the earbuds in and try to, you know, knock off another half an hour or something. I've got to get better about that. Otherwise, I'm going to have to resign from my book podcast. No, because... no, no. You don't have to do that. <laughs> don't read anything. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Um, that is our our show for today. And we will be back soon with other stuff. And until then. Actually, we have a guest next time. Yes, yes, we have Francesca a guest. Francesca Montplacer. She wrote this book called My Mother's House, which is all about... I think immigrants moved to Brooklyn from Jamaica. No, Haiti. They moved to from Haiti and the patriarch, I guess, is a pretty dastardly dude. And it's all about what happens in this house. So Ooh, good. I wanted to read that. It came out in June. And so I'll be excited for us to talk to her. Nice. Okay. Well, that'll be our next show. And until then, happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at nicolebonia.com and me, Gail, at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. Thanks. Thanks.